uh, maybe new for some of you, uh, Lecrae is a, uh, and that was part of his um, a public confession for uh, just some things that had gone on, some sin in his own life uh, that he uh, was sharing with John Piper and another uh, pastor there. Uh, for those of you who don't know who Lecrae is, um, uh, you maybe listened to a lot of church music, he's probably sold more records than Sandy Patty. Um, Lecrae is a billboard chart-topping, multi-Grammy-winning rap, hip-hop artist who also happens to be a Christian. And what you heard was Lecrae sharing the first verse of a song that he wrote that really was a confession, a confession of a time in his own life where he was, uh, in this confession, he's chronicling his sin. He, uh, as a result of his sin, uh, he and his girlfriend, uh, she gets pregnant, he confesses, or he convinces her uh, as he confesses in the lyrics to go and get an abortion as he talks about the, the, that heartbeat dying. And so it was one sin leading to another sin, leading to another sin, and ultimately, tragically, the taking of a human life. Lecrae, as a professing Christian, does something in this video that is, uh, and it's like a 37-minute video, the, the, all of it, that was just the, the part of it. But he does something that's really against the norm for most of us as followers of Christ, and that is he confesses uh, his sin. We like to put masks on. We like to uh, keep, because we've been conditioned this way, to keep our secrets. We're afraid of what's someone going to think, uh, what, how's someone going to react, uh, what if I ruin my reputation, some of those things. And so today, and, there, and there's an aspect as we think about uh, today in this prayer series, there's an aspect of, and as we talk about confession, the prayer of confession, there's an aspect of it, of course, that is um, Confession that happens uh, like Lecrae in a kind of a public way, but we're going to talk about the confession where we talk to God. And there's value in that public confession, but today we're going to spend most of our time talking about the confession of our sin where we talk to God about what's going on. And it's, it's us taking the mask off, it's us being real first with God, and then to think about also that there are benefits, as we see in what Lecrae did, benefits of public confession as well. There's some interesting parallels in it. There's a story in Scripture as we think about Lecrae and him as an artist at the top of his game and, and, and all that uh, went on in his story. There's a parallel in a story in Scripture where, where there was a guy that committed one sin that led to another sin that led to another sin that ultimately... Uh, the result was a child was conceived and a life was taken to cover up a series of sins. So we're going to see as we look at this, uh, this example in Scripture, there's some similarities to the story in Lecrae, but also we'll see some key differences. And so the story, if you have your Bible, and we're going to, this is the G version of what could be a PG-13 or even R-rated sermon. Um, we're going to go G this, uh, this, uh, this weekend as we uh, again welcome our kids with us. But uh, in 2 Samuel chapter uh, 11, verse 1, let me just kind of set it up as we think about this story and how it relates to this idea of confession. It was in the spring of the year in a time when kings go to battle, and David sent Joab and his servants with him in all of Israel. So what was going on was David was king. David also, by the way, was the greatest musician in all of Scripture. Arguably, one of the greatest musicians in all of history. And so David 
uh, was also king of Israel. And it says in that time of year when kings went to war, David stayed home. In that time of year when David was sending his armies out to defend the nation, we find him hanging back. A lot of reasons he probably was doing that. But he's out on, Scripture then, if you go on with the story, he's out on his rooftop. His roof would have been the palace overlooking the city. And he sees a woman in the middle of the day bathing. And we know the story that he calls for his men to go get her and to bring her to him. Next thing you know, he's getting word that she's pregnant. David tries to cover up the sin. He tries to uh, call for Uriah, and that's her husband. And Uriah was a, a mighty man of valor, a key soldier in David's army. And he calls him off the battlefield. He was there doing what, where he was where David should have been. And he calls him off the battlefield, hoping that maybe he'll go home, and maybe later on he'll think that this child is, is his. That doesn't work. He tries a number of things. He tries to get the guy drunk. He tries different ways to get him to go home. None of that works because Uriah did not want when his fellow soldiers, as we think about this Memorial Day weekend, and those that have given their lives uh, as a, to serve our country and to serve us and to fight for our freedom. Uriah was one of those kind of guys that, that was giving his life for his country. And, and Uriah uh, didn't want to go home. His, while his men were in battle, he wasn't going to go home. And so David decides since that wasn't working to just have him killed. And he was going to then marry Bathsheba himself. David uses his position as king to have Uriah killed. He doesn't go outright and just murder him personally, but he has his, has his commanders to send Uriah into where the fighting was most fierce. And as he goes and he battles in that, the, the, that place where the fighting was fiercest, then he tells his commanders to withdraw all the men, but don't tell Uriah, and then Uriah will be overtaken, he'll be killed, and that's exactly what happens. And so David, in this clever way, or at least he thought it was clever, has Uriah killed thinking he's covering up his sin. David. If you look at the story of David, you look at David's history, this was a point in David's life. He was, he was God's hand-chosen person to be king. David, if you, if you look at his life, he had lived for decades faithfully following God, trusting God. He, for decades he had walked by faith. He had consistently honored God with his life. And then he gets to this point where he allows temptation to come in, and that temptation leads, leads to lust. The lust leads to an act of adultery, and that sin, as he tries to cover it up, results in him ending the life of another sin, premeditated murder that David, that David ultimately, uh, that sin that he ultimately commits. Terrible sin after terrible sin. That results in terrible consequences. You look at the story for the better part of a year because it wasn't until after the baby was born that David finally comes to his senses. And so for the better part of a, a year, David is living a lie. He's living as king of this, this nation that's supposedly following God and he's God's, uh, the person that's helping to lead this godly nation. And here he is living a life of hypocrisy and deception. His world during those in those months and become a world of guarded, miserable secrecy. Diedrich Bonhoeffer wrote this about living that kind of life. He said, he who is alone with his sin is utterly alone. 
In fact, David would write later about this experience as he covers up and as he hides, as he, as he ignores the sin that's, that's in his life, as he harbors his unconfessed sin. He write, would write this later of that time, of that season of his life. In Psalm 32, verse 3 and 4, he says, When I kept silent, my bones wasted away. Through my groanings all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up by the heat of summer. So for months and months, David had had hidden his sin from everyone, or at least he thought he had. Some probably thought that that David was uh, getting a pass from God. That he had committed this, this sin and that God was just looking the other way. That because maybe that he was king, that he was a special person, that he could get away with these kind of things and there would be no consequences. But that wasn't the case. David was, or God was waiting for the right time to help David deal with his sin. And so David finally, uh, the, the time comes, and God sends a, guy, sends a guy by the name of Nathan, the prophet, and you can read the story later, but, but he, he goes to David and he confronts David in a very creative way in his sin, and finally David repents, and we see it in Psalm 51, and the words in Psalm 51, we see this is David's this, this song of repentance, his song of confession as he says these words in Psalm 51, verse 1. Have mercy on me, O God. Have mercy on me as he acknowledges, God, you, I've sinned against you. Please have mercy. I must have your mercy. There's nothing that I can do to earn your favor. Have mercy on me. Blot out my transgressions. According to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgression and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what's evil in your sight so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. So as we look at David's story, as we look at the example in that video of Lecrae and and giving his confession, what can we learn about confession and its benefits? And then what can we learn about the practice of confession and how it can transform our lives. The word translated here and in Scripture, especially 